0: Good morning. We're talking about the meaningful pieces and the meaningful parts of Christmas, what it means to experience the blessings of Christmas. This morning, we're going to talk about meaningful gatherings, because uh, as I've thought about all that we, that you have faced throughout this year, uh, there are some things that just matter. They are meaningful. In spite of everything else that's going on in your personal life or in your public life or in the world, uh, there are some things that are just going to carry you through those seasons of life. They are meaningful. Uh, Last week we talked about some of the meaningful pieces of our life. The Christmas story reminds us of the overwhelming peace that comes from experiencing The presence and the authority of God in every season. The overwhelming sense of his presence, of his peace and his authority. We talked about the healing power of a place to call home. And Jesus being born in a manger shows us that home is not a building. Home is something that God is doing in here. That's where you find true love and where you find these meaningful moments that Regardless of what you're going through, regardless of how you feel, regardless uh, of what your body may be doing or your mind may be doing or, or where you're located even now, there are these meaningful pieces in our heart that we cling to. We talked about that. We also talked about the reality that Jesus being born, he reminds us that God has a way of fulfilling the deepest longings of our soul, of our hearts. God has a way of doing that and that's why he sent Christ Today I want to talk to you about meaningful gatherings because Christmas historically is usually about gathering, meaningful gatherings. And the truth is that hasn't changed. Here's what I've learned over the last few weeks and I want to share this with you. There is this reality that for many people and some of you, you are gathered here today. You are taking a risk. You're stepping out there, even for some of you, I understand this, because we have visited. You've moved beyond your comfort zone to be in church. Now, for those of you who are watching online, you are deeply loved, and we are greatly appreciative for you to connect. But not only that, we had a purpose and a design when all of this began to reach you, to come into your life, because we realized... You weren't ready or you weren't able or you're a part of a group that's not even um, given the opportunity to join together publicly. But many people have wanted to come back to church. Why? Because it's meaningful. The gathering of the body of Christ from the beginning ...of time and the beginning of the church after Jesus was resurrected... ...the gathering has always been something that the church has done. It's meaningful. And I want to share something with you this morning. Many of you may have seen um, in my post this week by by way of reminder. um, I have continued to battle and to fight this entire time to keep the church open. To make sure that we bring the message of hope and life to every one of you, both those of you in the room and those of you online. And it has been a year. And I have fought that in spite of how I felt just like you. We're going to talk about some of that this morning. Um, But I've done that because there's a greater purpose, and that is the gathering of the believers to be inspired By the presence of Jesus through his word, there's something about that. So I want to share something with you this morning. Let me encourage you. Uh, We all have kind of, in some regard, maybe at times, let our guard down, right? Um, And yet you see that there are cases in our nation that are going up. So let me encourage you. I I do not, and I have maintained uh, a great confidence that it's the right thing to do, to lead in the face of adversity and to make sure the church is open. And I do not want our church... To be closed down irregardless of anything else going on in our culture or our society. Can Christians always worship? Can we use technology? Absolutely. But gathering is meaningful. So let me encourage you. As we gather, wear your mask. As we gather, make sure that you're appropriately distanced. As you're gathered, make sure that you are thinking about the other members of the body. Why? Because very clearly in the last few weeks, there are members of this body of Christ who have said to me very personally, Pastor, this is my lifeline. This is what's keeping me out of the darkness. This is what's giving me hope. And there are many of you even online because we have visited. I've been there to pray with you. And for you in great moments of crisis. And you have said, we are holding on every week to what happens through our church. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why gathering is meaningful. That's why protecting one another and doing the right things throughout the process is meaningful. Because when the time comes, yes, we will gather back together stronger. And you're going to see some things over the next few weeks that will show you how the commitment of the people here and the team here and the leadership here have actually placed Calvary on a different trajectory than many statistical things you will read about when it comes to churches. We've done it right We've continued to do it right, and we will continue, continue to do it right because I have great confidence that in spite of how I feel, what I battle, what you feel, what you battle, we must continue to fight for the church together. And we do that right. So let me ask you, as I posted this week, make sure that you are appropriately um, doing what has been asked And that is not you giving up any freedom. That is us as the body of Christ saying we love each other. We love those who are gathered and we love those who are online. And we are going to push through this. We are going to fight through this. We will fight to live. And we will fight to overcome. And God will bless because as I talk today and as you see from Scripture today, gathering is deeply meaningful. So take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is the Christmas story, as we call it. This is the birth of Christ. And I introduced it last week. Today I go to verse 8. I'm going to read from the New American Standard Version this morning. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 14. And I want you to see something as we, we read this passage together. I want you to notice the gatherings that happen. Christmas is about gathering. The, the birth of Christ is about gathering. It, it actually happened there and sometimes we don't see these things. But, but when everything is stripped away and you begin to analyze, okay, what really matters in the midst of great difficulty, great challenge, great pain, what matters? What supersedes everything else? What is more important than how we feel or what we think or what we want? What is more important? And what you're going to see that Christmas reminds us is that gathering under the name and the authority of Jesus, that goes above everything. It just does. And in this passage we read today, you're going to see that even heaven validated that. Even heaven validated the meaningful moments that happen when we gather around the name of Jesus. So I read this from Luke chapter 2, verse 8. In the same region, there were some shepherds. They were staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terribly afraid. The Bible doesn't hide that. The Bible doesn't just gloss over the most difficult and challenging moments that we face as people. They were terribly afraid. The Bible continues and it says to us in verse 10, The angel said to them, do not be afraid. For behold, I bring you, I'm giving you a gift. And the gift that I'm giving to you, what I'm bringing to you is good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. All the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ The Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among men, women, people with whom God is pleased. This is one of those meaningful gatherings in Scripture centered around the birth of Jesus. And today, I hope that that helps us understand gathering around Jesus is not only meaningful. It will help us move through anything that comes our way. Can I pray for us? Father, I ask in the name of Jesus that by your spirit for all of us, you would open up our hearts and regardless, irregardless of our our thoughts in the moment, our, our, our struggles, um, our way of life. Would you just speak beyond all of that? Would you speak more deeply than we can speak ourselves? By your spirit to our hearts of the importance of gathering around Jesus. In his name, amen. The Christmas story is full of people. Uh, you have in this story, as we began to read last week, you have kings of the world. You have politicians of the world. Um, You have people moving about in that generation in the world to get somewhere to be counted. You have, as the story begins to focus and it begins to reveal that God actually, in the midst of the world moving, has a special gathering for some unique people. You begin to focus in on Joseph and Mary, and there they are. They are major players in the Christmas story, and they are together, and they give birth to Jesus. And so there you have this couple with this moment of life, And Mary knows these things. She knows how deep and important this moment is. Joseph knows these things. And so there they are in the Christmas story gathered together. And then the gathering expands from there. The gathering then includes the shepherds. And, and it's not a shepherd. The Bible tells us it's shepherds. It's people out there that hear of the message of what Jesus and the birth of Jesus means. So they, they hear this story and there's this group of them. And then they are addressed by an angel. And when they see an angel, it's a great reminder in Scripture... That when you see an angel like you might put atop your tree this year, it doesn't give you a warm fuzzy. It scares you to death. And that's a reality in scripture every time that someone is approached by a messenger of God. There's such glory. There's such power. There's such this radiance beyond anything that we could fathom in our existence That it literally moves people to a point of fear. Fear of what's going on. Am I about to die? What is about to happen? I've never seen this before. And that's where the shepherds were in the moment of their gathering. And in the midst of their fear, the angel says, do not be afraid. And that is always the message of God to his children. I've got this. I'm with you. Do not be afraid. And the moment that that message comes through, then the shepherd's eyes are opened to what they could not see. And isn't that how God works? We see, we desire, we want, but God is working and he's doing something that we cannot see. And then one day you wake up and realize God was in that. God was doing this. And all of these angels that they could not see then are illuminated. And they all praise God, a gathering here on earth. And they all praise God together, glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among the people who are gathered around Jesus. Because in them, God is pleased. God has peace toward you. God is not against you. You don't have to fear. There is hope for the light of the world has penetrated our darkness. That is the gathering that happens around the birth of Jesus in a manger. And gatherings are meaningful. Your gatherings may change this Christmas Uh, You're gathering with family. There there are certain places and certain states who are are saying, hey, don't make it more than this number and don't mix this household and that household. And, And you can get lost in that because, hey, I have feelings and opinions about those things too. But when you gather around Jesus, when you gather around God born in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, there is no law that can stop that. There is no power um, which can claim dominion over the birth and the power and the light of Christ. Jesus broke through all of the world. And people that knew and understood who he was, they gathered around him. And that was meaningful. It's why we do church this morning. It's why we continue to fight and to battle and to be faithful And through this process, there are some things that I've learned about meaningful gatherings. So I want to give you a life lesson. I want to give you three points quickly because I think this will help you in the Christmas story appreciate your meaningful gatherings and what's really meaningful in the days ahead for you. The life lesson is this. We need meaningful gatherings. Why? Meaningful gatherings, we need them to help us overcome our fears and to move forward. With God's favor over our lives. We need meaningful gatherings as people, as the children of God. Irregardless of what you're going through, where you come from, we need those meaningful gatherings. Why? Because those things help us overcome our fears. Meaningful gatherings help us overcome our fears. And meaningful gatherings help us move forward with God's favor over our lives. I want God's favor over your life. I want God's favor over my life. We all need God's favor, but it happens when you gather around the most meaningful things, the most meaningful moments and pieces, and the most meaningful people as we see in Scripture today. Here's the first thing. The right people, because we see Joseph and Mary. We see all of a sudden as the Christmas story moves from a geopolitical world to something that's meaningful. Something that's personal. Something that's real. You begin to see that the right people are present. The shepherds were there. Kings and rulers were not there in this moment. And those that show up later had a different perspective than the rest of the world. But those who were there in this moment, the right people helped accomplish certain things. And the right people in our lives through meaningful gatherings, they help us face our fears. The right people. Sometimes there are the wrong people. But the right people, they help us face our fears. And in this moment, as the angels speak to the shepherds based on what the shepherds were hearing and knew, the angels reminded these shepherds, God is in this. God is with you. God has good news for you and God's favor and his peace rest upon you. So do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. That is a great message in the midst of our world today because fear is a tool of the enemy. And the enemy is not the politician that you don't like or the side that you don't want to take. That is not the enemy. The enemy has been, is, and always will be until Jesus returns, the devil that wages war against our souls. That's the enemy. And his greatest tool in the lives of our humanity is fear. And the angels had to remind, even in the midst of a great and glorious birth, even in the midst of a great and heavenly celebration, do not be afraid. You see, as Christians, what do we do so many times? Uh, We run to the good news of Christmas all of the time that we think about Christmas, and yet Christmas creates great tension for others. Some of you I know, even this morning, are walking through great life decisions. We visited on the phone this week. Um, I prayed yesterday with one of our families who is battling through this illness right now, and I know how difficult that is. In the midst of our world and light and joy and hope, the only thing that moves us forward through that is the birth of Christ and the announcement from God, because of what I'm doing, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. God has this. God is at peace with you. God has a plan. God is at work. Do not fear. And so gathering is essential. It's meaningful. And the right people, when we gather in the name of Jesus, what it helps us do is overcome the fears that grip our souls. That's why we gather. That's why the Christmas story starts with this acknowledgement of overcoming fear because we all need someone to help us do that. And when you gather with the right people, you can overcome that. The second thing that stands out is The right people in our lives, when we gather together in the right way, in the meaningful way, they help us realize that everyone needs a Savior. Everyone needs a Savior. I need a Savior. You need a Savior. Everyone needs a Savior. And the announcement at the Christmas story... The reason gatherings are meaningful, the reason church and gathering as the people of God is meaningful, because there's an announcement that is made that the birth of Jesus is not just for you who are here in church today. And it's not just for you who are faithful church people and tuned in online today, but the birth of Jesus is for the salvation of everyone who would acknowledge that this is God's Son born to save them. Behold, Today, in the city of David, is born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Everyone needs that. Just as in this season, I have discovered, and it's very hard to do in the natural, in the flesh, but everyone needs a lot of grace, a lot of compassion. And that's hard to do, but everyone needs it. To err on that side is to show the character of Christ and the birth of Christ Christmas lived out because everybody needs that. Everyone needs a Savior. Everyone needs the hope and the peace that Jesus brings. Everybody needs that. And that's why we gather. We gather not to insulate and to isolate, but we gather to proclaim inwardly and then ultimately outwardly The birth of a Savior that everyone needs to know. That is the message of Christmas. And that brings me to the third thing. The right people in our lives, when we gather together in the most meaningful ways, they help us find the good news of God's favor. To find the good news of God's favor, because in this world it has been difficult, I know for many, to find good news. It's hard to find good news in perhaps what you're walking through right now because you may not see it. But there is a moment where God illuminates things that we couldn't see at that point. And then all of a sudden what was present and working is seen. And the glory of God shines all around what was going on. And what you couldn't have known in the beginning or in the moment you will see at a different point. Because the good news of God's favor and God's glory is at work in the lives of of people who trust him and we need the gathering of the right people of people of faith around us to help us see what we do not see and often what we do not see is the favor of God upon us behold I bring you good news of great joy which is for all the people and there then the angels in verse 14 they said glory to god in the highest and on earth which is where i live last time i checked on earth peace and goodwill or translated favor peace and god's favor to you in whom he is well pleased blows my mind but it reminds me of the power Of the right people, the meaningful gatherings, and how gathering and surrounding ourselves with people who love the Lord and focus on the Lord help move us forward through life. So with that, this morning, I want to do something very special. Uh, I want to ask to join me uh, on the platform a few of the members of an absolutely phenomenal and incredible staff team for this church. And I want you to welcome them this morning. Um, good morning, guys. Good
1: morning. Whoa, hey, everybody.
0: We, um, we understand the power of meaningful gatherings because this team, um, during this season, Uh, you will understand, has worked beyond measure to make sure the message and the hope of Christ goes out. And when the world was shut down, we were not. And we continue to leverage capacity to get better, not bitter, to continue to work and push forward because of Jesus. But in the midst of that, what many of you may not know is that we also had to battle. We had to encourage one another. We had to build one another up. And and honestly, I I look back over the time of this year, and I can't think uh, of very many more greater blessings than to have had you and also Carly and also Stephen and the rest of this staff team around me Working hard to make sure that we took the message of Jesus out. And by that, many of you are church family members here today. And many of you are beyond that because you've joined us since then. It's really remarkable. You guys have done a remarkable job. So I wanted us, um, you guys have been a blessing to me. Um, I wanted us to share some of the realities of what it means to experience blessings. And the blessing of Christmas and what it means to us with you, the church family, this morning, just kind of like we've done on Wednesday nights, except this morning, um, to deal with some of the real stuff, okay? Is that all right with you, church family? You don't get a voice in that online, right? We can't hear you. Um, so let's talk this morning about, let's talk, let's talk about fear. Um, the Christmas story has this element that, and I think it's very appropriate for all of us this year, that fear had to be acknowledged first, and fear had to be overcome first. And so, um, do not fear was the message of, of God. So, in the midst of things that, that we continue to work through and stuff and in our own emotional time, you know, is, is there something that you would share about how God worked in your life to help you overcome any of the fears or any of the challenges that were happening behind the scenes? And I just want you guys to be able to share that with our church family today. So, how did you overcome? Fear, and and how how did you sense that even in amongst this team, it was helping you do that?
1: So I think right off the bat, what I realized was when you would get on the social media platforms, when you would turn on your TV, when you would look at your phone, you were just bombarded by all this news which just increased the fear. And so me and my husband would have conversations. I'd have conversations with y'all of what's going on? What do we need to do? And the one thing that helped me overcome fear was scripture. I was able to just stop and say, okay, this is God's word. This is what's true. This is what I'm going to rest in right now. And so this was a challenge every day. We would get up as a family and we would say, okay, here's this piece of scripture for today. And my daughter would get to pick the little background picture for it. But we would take those moments and I would say, This is God's truth for today, and as you all know, God always made it so timely, where it was something that I needed in my heart to be reminded of that day that I could pull up, and as I had so many extra moments with my daughter, I was able to say, hey, I know this doesn't make sense, but remember what God's Word said about this. Remember what He told us this morning, and so honestly, Scripture is what really just set my fears at bay and said, no, he is good. He's in control. And this is the word that I can rest on.
2: Yeah. I I agree with that before I go into mine, because there's so many opinions and we can also, if we're not careful, want to lean on what we think is truth from what people are telling us. And at the end of the day, only God's truth can provide us foundation, which I I found valuable. But, uh, another one I thought of pastor as you, as you asked that was for me, um, especially with what we do here at the church. Um, I think I've expressed this on, on the platform preaching. Like it was weird. Like all of a sudden you guys aren't in the room. I mean, all of a sudden that whole world is gone. And I, I know that was probably challenging for you, but I just want you to understand as people that do this regularly, this is a part of our world. Like that was like. I mean, you talk about fear. I mean, that was like, when will this come back and what will it look like? And for me, what God showed me a lot about myself is, is the parts of his truth that talk about not worrying about tomorrow has become so evident in this season. I mean, I, I love to plan. I, I'm kind of that guy. I want the calendar to be spelled out. I want to know what's coming and then all of a sudden, all the calendars are thrown out. There's no guarantee about next. Leaders are asking in the church, well, what do we do now? And, what do we? and there's no way to tell you, even to this day, there's no way to tell you what next week looks like. Because every week, every month changes. And so for me, it taught me a lot about the passages of scripture that talk about us, as, especially as, as planners, if you're a planner in the room, being worried so much about what tomorrow brings. And so much about what your life looks like a day from now. Because the only thing God guarantees us is today. The only thing you're guaranteed is this moment right here, right now in church. You're not guaranteed to make it home today. And we know that as people. But I think for me, that that side of that fear, I had to daily battle that to go, God, I I know I don't know. (laughs) You know, people would email me, ask me questions. I don't have the answers. I I normally would like to have the planning answers for the church and for what we're going to do. And being okay with that and allowing God to, to use me even in the midst of that. And still seeing a church walk diligently, faithfully, and overcoming those things was really encouraging to overcome fear for me.
3: Yeah. I, I think it's really easy to think we'll get to this one point with this whole situation. Now fear has gone. Like we'll finally get the answers. They'll say this is, this is what's happening and it's gone. And I think the battle really of this year has been continually resting in what actually matters. When the world stops, you kind of see... What actually matters in my life? Um, you know, my wife is a full-time teacher. Uh, I was in school whenever all this started, uh, doing my master's degree, and the world just stops, you know? So Anna was teaching from home. Uh, I was doing school from home, and, and the world just stops. And uh, ultimately, like Aldra said, resting in scripture is just so good. Resting in what actually matters. Uh, the verse from 1 John, perfect love casts out fear. And so resting in the love of God resting in the love of the people that matter, I think one thing that's been amazing this year is just getting back to what, what's really important.
0: That's powerful. And, um, you know, when I think about that, for me, um, it was with all of you um, and on behalf of all of you, I had to focus on the greater good. Always focusing on the greater good. Always saying, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this purpose of God in my life over everything else, over how I feel, what I think, what I want, over everything. And I'm gonna carry the greater good, the burden for everybody. Now for me, that helped me battle fear. It helped me not get lost in the things that I felt that I maybe desired. And all of that went out the window, right, in this year. But recognizing the message of Jesus, the hope that Jesus brings, that's found in scripture, that we celebrate, that we gather about today, that's worth everything, everything. And so that's one of the ways um, that I continue, continue, it's not done yet, right? Uh, continue to battle because um, providing that for everyone, those in this house, in my house, in your house, that's just the most important thing. And so that helps us move ahead. And so then... What you see is the angels, then they they say, okay, once you kind of address the fear and how you overcome that, then they talk about the good news of great joy. So is there, in some regard, something that you just want to say where you've seen how the good news of Jesus changed something? A life, a home, a situation, the good news of Jesus changed something. Noah?
3: I think it would have been easy this year to just say, okay, we're going to put everything on pause. We're going to put everything on hold because the world is kind of on hold. And uh, my main responsibility, I work with 6th through 12th graders, uh, middle schoolers and high schoolers. And we went from meeting once a week, worshiping together, uh, listening to God's word together. They had had small group, little cell units where they got to talk about life. And and we go from all of that to not being able to meet together. And I'm just so thankful. I, I know in my head, that nothing's gonna stop the purpose of God. Nothing's gonna stop the mission of God. But this year I've been able to see it because our students continue week after week through YouTube and Zoom, not perfect methods, but to gather week after week after week after week with, with no prompting a lot of times. Just the fact that they wanted to grow in their faith was amazing. And I think about the stories of life change. You know, um, We saw a video earlier in the year of, of Hudson Best. He wanted to get baptized and he said, you know what, I'm not waiting. I'm not waiting for all this to be over. I'm going to get baptized in in a story of life change. So it's just been cool for my head. Yes, God's going to continue to work, to see it in action, that that nothing stops the purpose of God.
2: For me, it's very similar. I mean, I'm just so proud of the group leaders in this room that embraced the technologies when everything went down. I mean, we had to close up shop, so to speak, but the mission didn't close up shop. And I've seen group leaders embrace things like Zoom. And and as Noah just beautifully said, it's not perfect. I I think we want to be, it's easy for us as people to throw criticisms at a method. Or some people want to hold on and say, well, I'll come back in whenever it gets better. I'll come back into this. But God's mission doesn't stop just because it changes. Or because it's different. And I've had so many great group leaders choose to embrace technology. Group members choose to embrace the technology. And yes, it will never be the same as sitting in the room together. It will never be that. But in the midst of a season where you could have been extremely isolated and extremely lonely, and there are people going through that, those in this congregation that chose to lean into their groups and chose to stay with their relationships, I believe they're stronger on the backside because they chose to not just do a Bible study, but they chose to stay connected in a real and amazing way. And along with that, Pastor, the only thing I saw God really work, and I just want to say a quick shout out, is through the people in the booth in the back. Um, I I had to work with them a lot because that's what I do. Yeah, I'll give it up for them. Some are in the booth today. We've got some online, some in the room. But, but listen, I had to do a lot because that's kind of my giftedness. It's not my role. But I know a lot about technology, just the way God's wired me. And so um, there was a lot, of, a lot of hours up here for me in particular, getting some of this thing, those things online and improving upon them. Um, And and there was a season where we had to limit to where it was just basically the staff doing it. We were all kind of doing it together. But I'm so grateful for the seasons where we got to open it back up to our volunteers because without them, um, that's a load. That's a lot we were carrying in that season and and they take that load and, and they spread it out more. And so I'm just so grateful because when you go through a moment like we did this year, you begin to see, yes, this stuff is important and to resist it, is the wrong move because the mission of God is so important, so much more important than our discussions on method and how we do things. And so I'm just so grateful. And that's where I really saw God work is through leaders in this church and volunteers in this church. Instead of being resistant to things or getting their own fear modes, they chose to embrace what God was going to do through this stuff. And it really was powerful.
1: I would say, too, going along with what Pastor Bo was just sharing, is that... Um, this year we kind of were left with our hands open saying, what do I do? I'm supposed to go to Romania. I'm supposed to greet guests every Sunday. And everything got put to a hold. And so what the Lord really just prompted in me was, well, there's one thing you can do, and it's pray. And that's going to make a difference. And so what I've seen is answered prayer requests, people across the church praying for each other. Uh, I saw two friends of mine who have desperately wanted to have a child who have gone through incredible loss and both of them have had children this year those miracles are out and that's what i look at and say 2020 is good because of those two miracles right there i think about people who have had financial situations not make sense but god made it make sense because we lifted it up to him and just so on and so on of sicknesses and things like that where we've gone before the lord and we've done what we can do we've said god you moved the mountains, and he did. And because of that, we were actually able to still feel like we were on mission with Jesus to change the world through prayer.
2: With that, I, I do want to say it's a great point. One of the highlights of my year was just a few weeks ago. Um, we weren't able to go to Romania this year. And one of our sweet orphan children that we work with, one of our friends, got baptized. You know, it tears, I tear up even thinking about her. Life change. And that's when a year, and I'm sorry about this, but that's a year. That we don't get to go. We don't get to, and you think, well, God, how are you gonna work if we can't go? But yet, He's still faithful. Even in the midst of our absence, as we pray desperately for God to change a heart, even in the midst of that, he still works. And it's just so amazing to see him working even when it is disruptive and even when it's not what we thought.
0: Absolutely. These are these are powerful stories. Next week you're going to, as the church family, be able to hear uh, of another good news of great joy where, where the work of Jesus penetrated the lives of a home um, where a husband and wife, uh, they went together and went all in on Christ in the midst of this, and God is at work in their home. And so that's another reminder uh, of how In the midst of all these things, there is good news. There is the blessings that we sometimes don't see. But they are happening because God is faithful, like in all these things. So, and that brings me really to the last one. Um, You know, the message of Christmas and and the the gatherings that we appreciate and we talk about. um, The right people in our lives, they help us see the favor of God when we don't feel it. When we may not know it. When we may not understand it. But that peace on earth and God's goodwill toward all of us and towards his children is there. That's the message of Christmas. So where have you seen God's favor this year?
3: I'll say um, a lot of times we think about God's favor as just his blessings right now. But uh, I think one thing that 2020 has done for me in my life, and I think for many of us, is revealed the places where God's favor was already on our life, and we took it for granted. You know, I I think I took for granted sometimes just this moment, that we can all look around and see each other and sing together to worship together. Um, I think we take for granted some of those things. And so for me, 2020 has just revealed, man, God has been so good. He's been so good in my life. And as those things were gradually taken away, and and come back some, as those things were taken away, we realized how much God really has blessed us.
1: I would say, too, going along with that, realizing... Something I pray for. Okay, I'm going to be transparent with them for a second. We all pray for extra time, and this year we got it. But then that meant I became a teacher and a chef, and I don't cook. And, like, so many different things. All this extra time at home. And at first I was a little bit overwhelmed, but it was God's favor. Because in those moments, that extra time where I had with my daughter, where I'm trying to teach her how to read, thank goodness that we have Calvary Baptist school back because that did not go well. Um, But um, through those moments of getting this extra time with her, I was able to invest in her in a different way. I was able to slow down and say, yeah, let's go for a walk and see God's creation around us. Let's enjoy this moment together. And so I think the extra time we always asked for was a favor of God that he personally gave me and my family where we really just built memories that I'll remember forever, like our water balloon fight in the middle of a Thursday that we never would have, but we got to have because of this season.
2: And as I think of God's favor for my life and for people I know, I think a lot of it comes through answered prayers. You know, um, I have some stories of tragic COVID, but I also have a lot of stories of where God, people went through COVID and they didn't pass away and they didn't struggle and God protected and things like that, even in my own family. Um, I think about God's favor. I'm thankful for his protection. I've also seen friends that have struggled with job loss this year and and God is providing and continues to provide their sustenance or they've gone through emotional challenges and God brings them out on the other side. Um, In my own life, you know, um, seeing how well the church continues to do its mission, that was a huge prayer point and God continues to answer. And so I think I've answered prayers a lot of times because I I know we want to have the things stick out as when God doesn't maybe answer the way we wanted it to happen, but man, there's so many days and so many things we pray for that God is answering prayers. He's still in the work of working for our good and things like that. And so I'm very grateful if I, as I think about the favor of God for how he continues to answer
0: so many prayers on a daily basis. It's amazing. And, and the reason I wanted you all as a church family to hear from this team is um, I have become keenly aware um, of God's favor in sending this church an incredible group of servants of Jesus. work hard together to accomplish the mission of God. It's unreal, Um, and I've seen that in this season especially. Um, Carly is going to come up in just a second, and and Carly has been faithful in making sure not only that we worship, but that we worship with excellence, that we don't go backwards, but that we go forwards, that we move forward in excellence. Um, You know that during this time, your children have needed to be ministered to, and Pastor Stephen Did not miss a beat. He upped the game to make sure that we reached out to your children as well. Um, All of the stuff behind the scenes that has made this work you guys have done. And that is the favor of God. And as we go into our Christmas season and our Christmas season of giving, here's the remarkable thing. You've been faithful. Every piece of technology we have made sure That if the need was there, some people would say, hey, what can I do? Well, can you do this? And they say, yes. So every piece of technology has been paid for. All of it. Every installation that's happened paid for. Because people said in the family of God, I love my church. I love Calvary. I'm hanging on to every word. And because of the faithfulness of God's people and the favor of God, we're open today. We're coming to you and in the midst of a country right now where the reality is that many churches never opened back up. Many churches are still trying to navigate Zoom groups, technology. Um, Many churches are going through a big pandemic and big issues. God's favor and it doesn't mean that we're any better than anybody else quite honestly sometimes in New Orleans we're a lot worse (laughs) and yet God's favor and there's nowhere else with no finer group of people that I'd rather be than under his favor right here today overcome fear meaningful gatherings right find the good news of Jesus and feel his favor can I pray for us Father I just want to thank you today for how you are at work I want to thank you for what Christmas reminds us of what really matters what's meaningful God, I, I, I want to pray over the gatherings that are happening right now. The gatherings of those who are watching online. Those who are alone and yet not alone. Those who are in this room. Those who are struggling. Those who are healthy. God, I want to thank you right now that you are even using this moment to move us forward. God, help us to fight against fear and darkness that wages war against us. God, help us to find the good news of even joy that is for us, even we don't see it, don't know it. God, let us sense and live under your favor. Please, God, continue to show your favor. And that is our prayer today because we know that the blessing of Christmas is that. To know Jesus, to encounter Jesus, to understand the birth of Jesus is to give us the greatest gift of all. That gift of life, salvation, and hope in this world, on this earth. So we gather in our hearts around the manger around the moment with the angels with the shepherds with all those who have gone before us who are here today and who will go after us we gather around Jesus and there we find our hope it's in his great and powerful name I pray Amen Let's give the Lord a hand. And I, I want you to express your appreciation for this staff team there. they are those who you saw today. There are many behind the scenes in our school who has remained open, by the way, for kids to gather and not be isolated safely, but gather. God's favor has rested there. Yeah, there have been fewer kids, but there's been greater impact. It's neat to see how God's favor rests. So, um shout out to all of our teachers all of our administration all of our people behind the scenes um you might want to take a moment at your christmas and acknowledge them um because they have been making sure as well that calvary remains one of the most incredible churches in new orleans in our country and around the world the favor of god not us his favor and i'm grateful for that i know you are as well i want to invite you to something this upcoming week. Um, On Wednesday night, uh, we have a special moment of Christmas worship planned for you. It's going to be online at 7 p.m. this Wednesday night. And, And that is one of those moments where we as a church don't want to miss some of those things that make Christmas Christmas, the singing of those songs. And Yeah, we're going to do it online, but that's because we want to maximize the greatest audience and the greatest capacity possible, and we're using every means to do that. So 7 p.m. online, our Christmas gathering to sing Christmas songs, to have a Christmas moment this upcoming Wednesday night. So you'll want to go on and put that into your calendar and your schedule, 7 p.m. this week online, and I look forward to that. And then I want to remind you of next Sunday. Next Sunday, the 20th, we're going to have a great worship moment celebrating one of the works of the gospel during this season together. One of those all-in moments. And I know you don't want to miss being a part of church and gathering next week, whether in the room or online. Make it a priority next week because the Sunday prior to Christmas, um, this story that you are going to hear, it is life changing. It's moving deeply. And so I encourage you to do that as well as next week is our Christmas Offering Sunday. And our Christmas Offering Sunday this year is is super substantial because it not only makes sure that we move forward in all that God could do for us as we finish strong this year into 2021, but there is this great realization that I'm seeing That is of God. That based on how faithful we are as people. Next week in our Christmas offering to Jesus and to our church. There's this reality that that gift may cover everything that we were not able to cover in our deductibles. And help us accomplish the refurbishing and achievement of some projects that we were going to do prior to the pandemic and it's right there in front of us. It's a moment that only God could do, that only God could use storms of the world and storms of our local area to actually work together for good, for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. So I'm gonna challenge you this week to pray genuinely, authentically, about what God would have you give in your Christmas offering next week. For those of you in the room, we're going to work it out where we can do it in the right way. For those of you online, we're ready for a moment just for you online as well. We're on the verge of seizing a moment that none of us could have seen. But just like the angels showed up, God's glory is showing up right now. And So I pray that you will begin to prepare your heart for that as we seize a moment that's right here in front of us and accomplish something great together under the favor of God. I love you. I'm thankful for you. Christmas reminds us of the blessings that God can give in spite of what we feel, what we want, what we see, the blessings that are beyond anything else that come from heaven. And I pray that over you today. So, Father, I thank you for your children, for your church, and for simple, meaningful gatherings around your son who can change everything for good. It's in his name that I pray. Amen. God bless you.